want to get into the first thing, which is the Billionaires Club. The Billionaires Club, right? So I don't know if you guys happen to be around when this happened, but the Billionaires Club, uh, you know, they're a little, they're a little scared right now. There's a lot of like talk that all the Democratic candidates and most of them, except for Biden and people who are supporting Wall Street and try not really fighting Wall Street, most of them, uh, Warren, by uh, uh, Bernie Sanders. I've even heard Budacek say it. I'm saying his name wrong. Pete, good old Pete. Uh, Andrew Yang has mentioned it that hey, you know, like it is. Uh, you know, we can't have companies not paying taxes, which is weird because he's a billionaire, but he's said it on multiple occasions. Um, here's the bottom line. They are, most candidates are saying that companies like Amazon, companies like Google, companies, I, I believe Microsoft was another one not paying a lot of taxes, that these companies are making so much money and need to pay taxes, okay? They have not paid taxes they have not said anything. They have not done their share. And their argument is always, hey, we're employing tens of thousands of people. We are making products in the world that are making your lives better. And so we shouldn't have to pay taxes. And I made the point yesterday, going back to that, is that at the end of the day, if they paid taxes and employed these people, which by the way, in order to have a company run smoothly, you gotta employ people, right? And you're paid taxes, they'd still be damn good. They'd still be good. They'd still be like, this is what they are. They still have money in the pocket. Jeff Bezos would still be like top two or three in the world in terms of money, how much he has. But guess what? You'd be helping the United States of America be a better country for infrastructure and road work and you know, uh, uh, keeping our country at the forefront of technology and education and, and, and taking care of homelessness, all the things we talked about yesterday. New round, okay? New round, a new round in the budding of America, like kind of going, you know, kind of saying, hey, this is what's going on and this is what's happening. It's been, it's a new round for the people. And that new round is several billionaires have criticized the wealth tax proposal. Uh, president, candidate, and fellow lawmaker Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, who I love, I love, she is amazing is coming to our aid. The latest round started with, you know, uh, started with, with Jeff, you know, JP Morgan Chase, chief executive officer, coming out and saying that Warren uses some pretty harsh words. You know, she says that the, he, she, he, she vilifies successful people. And he comes out and says, I don't like vilifying anybody. We should applaud successful people. So here's the bottom line, and I'm going to stop right there and kind of bring the camera back to me because at this point, I just want to say something. We, and I want to put this out there for anybody who might know or get this public relations of J.P. Morgan Chase and let them know and understand we're not vilifying rich people. We're vilifying people who have money and don't really give back and have sort of like, oh, we have these, these lackluster um, these lackluster charities that we put in the public's eye just for face, but companies like Google and Amazon are contributing to homelessness and not paying taxes. Because once again, 2008, Amazon paid, 2018, Amazon paid no taxes, none whatsoever. So we're not vilifying 
the fact that you're successful. I love, and I said it on the, I said it on the, the air yesterday. If you're successful and you're smart enough to make a product or to make a service or provide a service to the people that gets you a billion dollars, me personally, and I know everybody doesn't agree, but that's okay. But it is your obligation and duty, being that you are that successful, to help out society and pay your fair share of taxes. We're not vilifying successful people, Mr. CEO. We are vilifying people who don't do who don't contribute to what they're supposed to contribute. That being said, it goes on. Warren, who is in second place behind Joe Biden, we're gonna get to that in a second, poll numbers that are don't make any sense, but have unveiled a series of sweeping proposals to make to remake the U- US economy, including her 23, $21 trillion Medicare for All plan, which would create government run healthcare system and abolishes private insurance. Uh, we're still on a, she's flip-flopping on that. So I don't even know if that's accurate, but here's the bottom line. The bottom line is that she is basically coming after these billionaires and saying things and they seem a little shook. They seem like this is what's going on. Like, how can you do this? What, what, what's going to happen? Well, guess what? The latest person in the billionaire war was Bill Gates. Okay. Bill Gates actually came out and said something. And and it was so weird the way Bill Gates kind of said it, where it was just like, oh, you know, we spend enough money and we do this and we, and we, and, and, and we shouldn't. And he, he made the comment that if he's taxed under Elizabeth Warren's plan, he will have to pay a hundred million and he's going to have to start counting his money. Wait a second. You're Bill Gates. Okay. You're Bill Gates. You're Bill Gates. And here's the actual comment. Cause it's like, it's like really Bill Gates, $108 billion net worth second only to Jeff Bezos, right? Bill Gates Former Microsoft founder Bill Gates to Leon Cooperman. The rich are continuing to worry about the impact of Warren's rhetoric against the wealthy and argue that her proposed tax structure is going to stifle innovation. Wow. Okay. So because you pay taxes, you're not going to be able to be innovative. In other words, it's going to affect your intelligence. It's going to affect affect your uh, uh, your ability to come up with some new stuff. I I understand he's very intelligent, very one of the most intelligent human beings on the face of this planet or in, in human history. I mean, he's done a lot, but isn't it more innovative to overcome this problem and still pay taxes? That way your legacy is not, oh, I got away from paying taxes, but now I am doing my part. Okay. Warren's plan, Warren's plan hopes to enact a new annual tax of 2% on every dollar a household has above 50 million, which increases to 6% for households with more than a billion dollars. She has stressed that the revenue generated for her wealth tax would go towards other federal programs like Medicare for All and her expand of Social Security. Okay? Bernie Sanders is very much on board with this. Different, they're kind of different paths, but you know, he's saying unveiled his tax on the extreme wealth. Back plan back in September, he proposed would place a 1% tax on the top 1% of American households. That tax would start with 1% tax over net worth above $32 million for a married couple. 
That means a married couple with $32 million would pay a wealth tax of just to somebody with $108 billion is, that's not even a parking ticket. That's like a quarter in the meter. That's literally putting a quarter in the meter so you can park your car to a man like that. I don't even know if it's that. It might be a pack of, of, of five cents bazooka gum, which, you know, if you're not as old as I am, you may not know what that is. But that being said, uh, $5,000? Really? Okay. All right. I'm trying to bear with him here, but it is not really making it easy. Not at all. Not even a little bit. Um, Okay. Let's, let's, let's keep going. Let's see where this is going. The tax rate under Sanders plan would increase to 2% on households worth net, worth a net between 50 million and 250 million, 3% on net worth up to 500 million, 4% on new worth up to 1 billion. So on up to 8%, on wealth over $10 billion. And this is the inch, this is this is the response to this. Gates lamented that while he was uh, 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 all for super progressive tax systems, he warned that the high levels of taxation could risk capital formation, innovation, and America's desirability as a hub of innovation for companies. Okay. Former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton called them unworkable. That's what she said. Um, although she's taking money from bigger companies, so she might be part of the problem. She is part of the problem. Let's just go on the record and say that. I've, he, his answer, and this is what Bill Gates said, I've paid over $10 billion in taxes. If I had to pay $20 billion, it's fine. But when you say I have to pay $100 billion, Okay, then I started doing the math up about what I would have left over. You really want an, the, the incentive system to be there, and you can go a long ways without threatening that. You know, I'm going to say this, you know, and, and Warren did respond to that comment as I would have re- responded, and she literally says, assuring him that the tax bill is not going to cost him $100 million. Like, that's not the case. It's not a hundred million dollars. And once again, if you look at the percentage, anybody who could do math knows that 8%, which is the max of what people would be taxed based on what I'm reading and what I've read, is not going to be his entire net worth. He's worth a hundred and eight billion dollars. You do the math. What's 8% of a hundred and eight billion dollars? Well, it's certainly not one hundred million dollars. Like, I don't even understand that. And that makes me say, okay, so you're just talking so that way you can, you know, not be for this and you don't want to do your part. And what is going on? He said, I paid $10 million, $10 billion in taxes already. He says he doesn't mind paying 20 billion. Okay. You know what? That is, I'll give him credit for that and say that that's actually a step in the right direction, but you hear the whining and the crying from like you hear it like he's almost like these billionaires are like i want to hold on to my money i want to grip it it's my money it's like a two-year-old it's mine 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 give don't take my stuff away they sound so childish and it's just like oh my god like unbelievable 
And by the way, I, 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 if I said 100 million, it's 100 billion. I thought I said 100 billion. Billion with a B. Like B for buzz. Okay? And it's $108 billion that Bill Gates is worth. Like what? 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 There was a series of tweets the other day that I thought was very interesting. And I thought, you know, it, 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 it's just something that I believe kind of follows up on what we've been talking about the last couple of days. In the last couple of days, there's been a lot of poll numbers that I've said a million times, a million times, don't make sense to me. Like, it doesn't make sense to me at all in terms of what these poll numbers suggest and what they are. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I want to say is that we got some polls the other day and the polls were, uh, uh, you know, kind of like saying that, you know, Biden was um, uh, uh, a distant, you know, like they were saying that there was a distant, you know, Biden should be in the lead or Biden is tied with Bernie Sanders or Biden is doing the numbers that don't make sense to me because Biden has so many chinks in the armor, which we talked about yesterday, not going to go into it again. But, and, and, and yesterday CNN put out that poll, which put out that video and you know, I love it. I have to play it. I have to play it in case you guys weren't on yesterday. I got to play this and, and got it to work and everything is good. But like, I love the way Jake Tapper has that surprised voice about Biden because, you know, Biden was CNN's guy. You know, this is what happened. Poll, but surprised me, a new poll uh, out of Iowa among Democratic uh, likely uh, caucus goers. It has Warren at 20 percent, Buttigieg at 19. I mean, that's basic. That's in the margin of error. Sanders at 17, also in the margin of error. Biden is in fourth place at 15, and that's followed by uh, Klobuchar and, and Harris, uh, and then there's a three-way tie at the bottom. Um, I mean, Joe Biden in fourth place in Iowa is, is staggering, and also that Buttigieg uh, <laughs> right. bump that people are talking about, that's that's real. That is real, and, and uh, when it comes to Biden, his campaign for a while now. I love that. I love that. I love that... Uh, I love it that he is, you know, Jake Tapper is so shocked. He's so shocked. And, and, you know, it's still, I looked at it twice today and I'm like, this is hilarious. They're so shocked. Biden is losing. Biden is losing. Well, we got another round of polls today from Reuters this time saying that Biden is actually in the lead by a considerable amount Biden is in the lead. Wait, what? Biden is in the lead. And you look at that and it came from Reuters and it, it's just amazing to me, like how this is the case. And, but they broke it down in a, in a, in a couple of like situations. They broke it down in a, in a way that were different categories. So like one of the things that you see is that Biden, according to Reuters right now, is at 22%. Sanders is at 15% and Warren is at 11%, followed by Buttigieg and Harris, Yang, and 24% that don't know, okay? So when you're looking at these numbers, and I'm going to tell you right now, looking at these numbers, once again, 
The first question I always ask whenever you see polls, whenever you see polls, is who are they interviewing? Who are they polling? Where are they polling? What is the information here? Okay? And you look at that and you say, it's hard to tell. You know, it's a national poll among Democrats, Democrat and Dem, Democrat leading independents, you know? So where are they polling this? Are they polling the old folks' homes? I mean, I don't, no offense to old people, no offense to people over the age of 65. My mother is 65. She's actually 66. Sorry, mom. Um, but at the end of the day, like, why is Biden at 22%? Have people been paying attention? Chinks in the armor, more chinks in the armor. And you know what I find very weird is that other polls are saying Warren is leading. Other polls are saying Warren is second. Other polls are saying that Biden is second. Obviously, CNN put out this poll that Biden is fourth. That makes sense to me. Okay, yet Jake Tapper was super surprised. He was like, oh my God, fourth place? It's it's like, have you been paying? Has anybody been paying attention? But in this poll, Biden's leading. And not just leading, leading in a substantial, substantial way. Like, oh my God. And by the way, thank you very much to Colin for that graphic, uh, putting together the graphics and also the graphics that I'm about to show because there's other categories. That was the general lead, okay? That was it. Biden leaving 22%. But not just that. On healthcare, you know, like, uh, excuse me, on yeah, I'm going to go healthcare here. No, actually, I'm going to go beating Trump. Biden is 29% likely to beat Trump, followed by Sanders at 16% and Warren at 11%. Now, let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. We know what Trump is going to do. We know what Mr. Orange is going to do. We know his strategy with Biden and Warren. We know that he's going to literally come out and say, Biden, can you finish a sentence? You lied about your son. You, you, you're, you're a crook. You're, you're in Ukraine's pocket. He's gonna say all that stuff. That's what he does. He's just gonna, and he's gonna harp on it. He's gonna pick on it. That's what he does, right? He's gonna continue to do this. But at the end of the day, if you know that, and if people they're polling know that, because that's what they're doing, how is he gonna be the one to beat him? It's going to galvanize his base because Biden is going to be that he's going to link Biden to Hillary Clinton. And then at the end of the day, it's going to give Mr. Orange the edge because at the end of the day, they're going to say, oh, you're you're a liar. You're the ultimate Democrat. You're this. You're that. You're this. And he's going to do that. And now, by the way, he's going to do that with Warren, too, because Pocahontas, you lie, you flip flop, blah, 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 yada, yada. And that's it. With Bernie, he's going to say, you're a socialist. You're a socialist. You're a socialist. And I love our promo video where the guy says, you know, Jordan, great reporting there, said, hey, are you on Social Security? And the guy goes, yeah, I am. And he goes, you know, that's a socialist program that FDR implemented in the 40s. And the guy goes, that's besides the point. Of course, all the people that are supporting Mr. Orange and, and don't really want socialism, they want the socialist programs. They just don't want, you know, they, they're just scared of what's going to come. They think we're going to turn into Venezuela, which is not happening, that we're not even close to that. And by the way, none of these programs 
take us to the route of Venezuela. Like you look at Bernie's website, you look at Warren's website, they say the things that you hear. They spell it out and it makes sense, okay? Um, I've been the one personally that said, I'm a little, there's some of the things that I worry about, are they gonna be able to do? But I would certainly like to see them try. So, but now it gets a little funny because this is the part that doesn't make sense. So we're gonna go back to the first one. The first one is Biden at 22%, right? But then let's look at the economy. Sanders, best plan for the economy, 21%. Biden, 21%? Has Biden even said his plan for the economy yet? I'm just, I don't, I, I, please, anybody in the chat, if Biden has put out a plan for his economy, please let me know because I didn't, I didn't see that. You know, that doesn't make sense to me. But at the end of the day, it's just like, are you kidding me? This is what's going to happen? No, no, it doesn't make sense to me. Sanders is at 21% tied with Biden, yet Sanders has spelled out his plan for the economy. He's kind of laid it out there. He's like, go to my website. It's there. I've read it. Most of it makes sense. Most of it seems achievable. There's one or two points that I go, ooh, that's a little tough. I don't know if you're going to be able to do it. But once again, would like to see him try. And then healthcare. Bernie Sanders is at 28% on healthcare. Warren is at 20% and Biden is at 18%. So now, let me just backtrack for a second. You're saying that based that the economy, you believe Sanders is just as good as Biden. You're saying that the healthcare plan is way better than Biden's, yet Biden's polling at 22%? Huh? How does it make sense that two of the biggest issues, including the third biggest issue, which is to beat Mr. Orange, that Sanders is pretty much neck and neck, you know, although people say that he's mo Biden is more likely to beat Trump. How does it make sense that he is at 22%? I don't know. That doesn't make sense to me at all. That's ridiculous. That's like, okay, so you're saying that this guy has a better plan. This guy has a better plan, but we're going to go with that guy. So that makes me say, one, are these numbers correct? Are these numbers accurate? I don't know. Two, who are you polling? Because if you're polling somebody that says statement A, which is, I believe Bernie Sanders has the best medical insurance plan. B, I believe Bernie Sanders has the uh, equally or the best help, like best plan for the economy. But I think Biden can beat Trump. So I'm going to go with him. Is that what we're doing here? That seems like the formula that happened here. I don't know. I don't know. That was a little weird to me. It's a little weird to me. And and multiple people saying the polls are rigged. And, and, and multiple people saying, Sydney, Biden doesn't make plans. Biden implements donors' plans. Exactly. Exactly, because he's kind of saying, give me money, because we all know he's bleeding right now. Money, he's, he's signing up to take $2,800 pictures. And by the way, I'll say it again, I would never pay $2,800, even if I was a billionaire, to take a picture with Biden. I'm going to reserve $2,800 to take a picture with LeBron James, or $2,800 to take a picture with Kobe, or somebody like that, Derek Jeter, somebody who I like, you know. Um, yeah, Eminem. I don't know. Those, those are, that's what I would pay. If I had to pay money, I would do that. But 
I just, I've said it before and I've said it again. Bernie won my support. He won my respect as just a regular guy, as just somebody who seems like he's telling the truth, has never, as far as I know, has never had a, a, a issue, has never had situations like that. Anything that I could say, oh man, you lost me. Um, you know, Kamala Harris lost me. Her justice issues, no. Like I can't, I can't support somebody sending an innocent man to jail and not coming back and saying, yeah, I made a mistake. I can't do that. And Warren flip-flops a lot. She says one thing one minute and then two or three years later says another thing. And I, and I know, I get it. She's trying to play like, this is where I'm going. I want to go this route. But at the end of the day, not really. You know, there's obviously been a lot of conversations about the, uh, the, the, the trade war and what it is and what it can be. But at the end of the day, you know, the United States has been, um, the United States has been in a situation where trade war back and forth, trade war back and forth with China. And you kind of like, I remember it's so funny because once again, I always make the joke that South Park and Simpsons tell the story, but I remember there was an episode back in like 2008 or seven or something where they were like, China is going to try to like own the United States and then that's going to happen. And now we're in this trade war with them. And you know, one of the things I do believe is that, you know, it's money. It's, it's talking about money. They're not talking about billions. They're talking about trillions between the two countries. So that being said, something that really stands out to me, and I wanted to put this out there, and I noticed it wasn't really covered today in the mainstream media. You look at that, U.S. consumers and businesses paid a record $7.1 billion, billion with a B, dollars in tariffs in September, one month, due largely to President Orange uh, trade war with China, according to analysts of the federal data released on Wednesday. So this is the bottom line. We're paying more in taxes, okay? 4.1 billion of the 7.1 billion in in-point taxes paid by Americans in September were levied through tariffs that Mr. Orange imposed on Chinese goods since 2008. The total amount of the tariffs paid by Americans has increased 59% since 2018 in September and rose 600 million since August 2009, according to analytics. Okay, so you look at that, and here's the funny part about that. The funny part about that is, is that we were supposed to get benefits from this. Obviously, yet another situation that our glorious Mr. Orange has totally screwed up, totally just dropped the ball. But now, this country paid $7.1 billion, an increase of 59%. So the question I have for everybody is, where do you think that's going to end up coming out? At what point do you think that that's, you know, that that's going to impact the U.S. economy or impact U.S. consumers? Okay, when are prices going to start raising? When are gas prices start going to raise? When are things going to start raising to accommodate these companies having to pay more taxes for imports and exports and things of that nature? When is that going to happen? Yeah, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And I want to say, like at the end of the day, and we've had a couple people talking about the Tulsi Grab. I'm going to play that video because I actually want to see it. I have not seen it. So at the end of the day, Here's the bottom line. Now we're paying more taxes. So this battle is making us pay more taxes. And what's going to make that, what's going to happen? This battle is going to make the 
the prices on things go up. Like, can we not see the formula? We've seen it before. We were in a war in Iraq and everybody said, oh, we're going to get oil and prices are going to go down. I remember, and I don't know if anybody was driving in 2003, but in 2003, gas was a dollar a gallon. I remember I filled up my tank for like $15. I was like, this is spectacular. And then the war happened and stuff started getting destroyed as that's what they told you. Oh, oil refineries are getting destroyed because of blah, blah, blah. It went from a dollar to 250 in the span of like two months and never went back down. Never went back. Down. It hasn't gone under 220 since then. Okay. And now it's at 267 has reached $3. I mean, this is the bottom line. The bottom line is, is that at the end of the day, we saw those taxes. We saw those taxes. These companies are not going to lose money. They're not. They're just going to raise their prices on their goods and we're going to see it. So, you know, Mr. Genius with his economic brain, you know, Mr. Orange, once again, not so economic. It's kind of like, you know, selling a bunch of Trump stakes or Trump at Trump University, which didn't turn out so well. So I wanted to throw that out there because that is a story that is just like ridiculous when it comes to what is happening. That being said, we're going to move on from that. We're going to move on. I'm going to play this Tulsi Gabbard video because I want to hear what she has to say because I feel like, like I have, like I've, I've seen the interview Jordan did with her. I've seen her in other things, but at the end of the day, I feel like I don't know what Tulsi Gabbard has said. So let's, I want to play that. I'm going to play that right now. And uh, we'll get to that. I want to start with something that I think is also important uh, about facts because recently on your show here... I was uh, just going to get to that. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Helping you out. You want me to ask you the um, question? Yeah, no, look, some of you have accused me of being a, uh, a traitor to my country, a Russian asset, a Trojan horse, uh, or a, we useful, accused you a useful idiot, I think was the term well, that you used. Which basically means that I'm uh, naive or, or lack intelligence to term. know what's going they on. They use that. I want to let, let your viewers know exactly who I am. All right. Set the record straight. I am a patriot. I love our country. I am a strong and intelligent woman of color, and I have dedicated almost my entire adult life to protecting the safety, security, and the freedom of all Americans in this country. It was the attacks on 9-11. I've served as a member of Congress now for almost seven years, receiving high-level national security and intelligence briefings, serving on the Foreign Affairs Committee, the Armed Services Committee, the Homeland Security Committee, working to ensure the safety and security of the people of this country. This is why I'm running for president, to continue that commitment of service. So are you surprised, though, that when people see bots and things and all the things that we've sort of been seeing heading you away, uh, that people have these questions because she's not the only one. Hillary, I don't think, is the only one. So what she's saying is she feels they are grooming you. You're saying nobody's grooming me. I'm doing what I'm doing because I'm a soldier and a patriot. It's offensive to me as a soldier, as an American, as a member of Congress, as a veteran and, frankly, as a woman, to be so demeaned in such a way. But you called her the personification of rock. So demeaned in such a way. Well, I'm pointing to the fact that she has continued this legacy of being the world's police around the world that has 
waged wars costing the lives of thousands of my brothers and sisters in uniform. I'm speaking out against that. And What's to your change, evidence for that? To change. Well, can I? Are you serious? Let's hear it. Are you Let's, serious? Let's hear it. I served in the war Not in you. Iraq. How are you saying that, that she's, exactly. she's a war I served monger. in How the war in that? Iraq that Hillary Clinton throughout her career has led with a foreign policy of interventionism mm -hmm. and being the world's police, going and toppling dictators in other countries that has caused such destruction and loss of life. I'm against that. I'm running for president to change that. Rather than actually debate me on the issues, she and others are resorting to these smear tactic campaigns, seeking to undermine me, smear my character, and sending a message to anyone who dissents, stand, toe the line, or you too will be smeared. First of all, first of all, first of all, first of all, love that fire. Love it. Love it. Somebody, you know, one of the things I believe, I'm going to take off my glasses for this one. One of the things I believe, I come from Brooklyn and Queens. And if I walk up to you and call you a liar and you run away, you lying. But if you call me a liar, you damn well better believe that I'm going to call you out and say, no, I'm not lying. Let's, let's go face to face. I'm not backing down. I want to see you come out and say, nope. That's not the case. That's not who I am. I'm insulted. Let out. I'll, I'll confront her face to face publicly. That's what I'm going to see. Anybody who has ever, ever, ever lied on camera in the media has lied and then said, I didn't do it. And the, you don't ever hear them really deny it. They just shift. They just move. They put it on another topic. Guess what? She said it. That's Hillary's a liar. Hillary's smearing my campaign, her and others. That's not who I am. I'm a military serviceman. I'm here to change this. I've served this. I did this. I did that. And at the end of the day, she said it to Joy Behar, which by the way, is Joy Behar in a relationship with Hillary Clinton? Because she's supporting her like, oh my God, like Miss Behar, like get over it. Hillary lost. We don't, we don't want to talk about Hillary. Her time is over and done and we don't want to support her. It's done. She had an opportunity in 2008, lost in the primaries. She had an opportunity in 2016, lost to Mr. Orange, which was a disaster, which was her fault. She didn't go to key states, and it was 100% her fault. So at the end of the day, loving that, loving the fact that she defended herself and stood up for what she believed in. That was a great interview. She put Joy Behart in her place because that woman, like, how are you defending like the woman is in your face saying, I wasn't me. That's not what I stand for. And rather than back down and say, you know what? I got to believe it. She's really, she's, she seen comes off of authentic, which is the way I read it. Guess what? She said, no, well, Hillary did it. It's Hillary's fault. You know, I'm a millennial and I feel like baby boomers are in a sense of power that they don't want to give up. Like they ran this country for the better part of 40 years uh, for after World War II and, and, and they believed it was this country and now they're in a state where it's not their time to it's not their time to really run the country they have to give it over to the next generation and there's definitely resistance there's definitely like they have the power they don't want to give it up they have the money they don't want to give it up and I'm not saying they have to give it up but definitely make room for new innovations and new opportunities and, and support people who are in that realm and guess what I'm going to tell you right now, you don't get that attitude. You don't get the attitude of, 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 you know, of that situation. So millennials are facing a shortfall compared to other generations when it comes to their paychecks. 
Overall, millennials earned 20% less than baby boomers did at the same stage of life, according to the Emergency Millennial Wealth Gap, a recent report from a nonprofit. Uh, median earnings from those 18 to 34 are lower than they were in the 1980s, a disparity that was first noted in 2017 report uh, from the nonprofit Young and Invincibles. Um, that spiked, that that's, is a spike, spiked overall higher education levels. Nearly 40% of the millennials, 25 to 37, have at least a bachelor's degree compared to just a quarter of the baby boomers and 30% of the Gen X where they were at the same age. And here's the thing that you got to understand. You got to understand that this is the, the headline. Millennials earn 20% less than the baby boomers did despite being better educated. That's a pre-situation. That's an interesting situation because obviously you would think more education leads to more money, more pay, better opportunities, more situ situations that lead to a higher paying job. I mean, the formulas, that's the way the formula has been in the history of mankind, but lower pay, slowing long-term wealth, lower income levels are already having a long-term impact on millennials ability to accumulate wealth either through savings or home equity. Millennials are going to be a millennials are going to be a complete lower trajectory than the previous generations. This is what the comment comes from the director of millennials innovation. The generation wealth gap has really reached historic proportions. The average millennials wealth in 2016 aged 23 to 30 Eight was 41% less than those who were a similar age in 1989. Now, I will tell you right now, that strikes home to me and that's why I wanted to talk about it. I wanted to talk about this story really briefly because I too have been in that situation where I graduated from college, expected to get a job, took me about a year and a half to, grad, to get a job after college. And I know so many people that have gone unemployed, that have been unemployed for more than a year, almost two years. I know a couple of people that were three years unemployed and working in a business where you're not necessarily getting paid and you're not necessarily getting the money you were. And they have the experience that the older generation had. My industry, video production, is a little, it's, a, it, it's, it's very much the signal of that where if you go to any major set, a Marvel set, a Disney set, a MGM set, those major studios where there's thousands of people working to bring you the films that you see in the movies, all the people, most of the people working in prestigious positions are over the age of 50. A hundred percent. The rest are in their 40s. You rarely, and you will see it, production assistants and lower level interns, you'll see them in their 20s and 30s, but it's very, very, like, what you notice is that it's just interns and production assistants. And I can talk from that perspective because that's what I've been through. I've been through that. I've actually had to go work for free on major studios set, um, sets, and you go on there and you're just trying to get experience, and then when you try to get that job and you apply, they never call you. They never say, well, you know, this is what it is. So when I talk, when I listen to that, when I hear that article, it made me say, how is it possible that we are more educated in today's day and age, yet we're getting paid less and we are not being given our due? 
You know, we're putting in the work, we're getting the education, but we're not necessarily getting the re the rewards, you know? Well, here's the thing. So 100% if you say that, if you see that, I, I, I've tried to get a formula that works, that makes sense. It doesn't make sense to me, you know? I consider myself to be an intelligent guy. I consider myself to pick up things pretty quickly. Um, but particularly in my industry, it's not what you know, it's who you know. That's what they always say. That's a saying of what's happening. But on top of that, but on top of that, what I will tell you is 100%, 100%, despite the fact knowing somebody and despite the fact you have an education and a knowledge for the industry, it's been tough. It's been tough to get that position. I know people in the marketing industry. I know people in the pharmaceuticals industry that are working and they're like lab assistants. They're just trying to get experience and that they were unemployed. I know people in like the medical firm where, you know, they're nurses and stuff and nurses get employed everywhere. But now hospitals are like, we can't pay you 85, 90,000, which is what nurses, which is what actual like, like nurses, like official, um, uh, I forgot the title, um, nurses come out and they're like supposed to get 90,000. Now that number has dropped to 70,000. And I see it. I see multiple instances where, People who are educated and 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 read and and should have, and should have the pay to go along with the stature of their education are not like I say it all the time to multiple people. A bachelor's degree is like almost like a high school diploma now. Like everybody has a bachelor's degree and it doesn't mean anything. And who has the money and the time to go get their master's degree or get their specialization or their PhD? Like that is not easy. And. A hundred percent, I've said it a million times that, you know, when you've lived on this earth longer, you obviously have a foothold more than what you did. I'm not one to ever complain. I love, there have been baby boomers that have given me opportunities, who have educated me, who have given me advice, who are, and I love that. And that's the way it should be. I know that when I get older, I'm, I'm technically a millennial. I'm going to make sure that Gen X, Gen X and or Gen Z, I believe, is the next generation after that. I'm going to try. I always try to educate people as much as I can. If I can give somebody advice, I give them advice because sometimes advice can make a difference. I've people who have known me. I think they would say that they that I that Joseph is the type that does that. But I've also been of touch with baby boomers in their 50s and 60s that they don't want to give you advice. They feel a little jaded. They're like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to give you advice. I don't want to help you out because I've helped others and they didn't appreciate it. And all right, fair enough. Nobody has to help. Nobody's obligated to help anybody. You choose that. You make that choice. But how can a generation try to to like be equal if they're not being helped along or supported? And I don't. When I say supported, I don't mean like paying your rent. I mean, just like helping out with a job opportunity, helping out with an interview, helping out with introducing somebody to somebody else. And guess what? That's the question, right? How? Well, maybe the idea, maybe the theory is that a lot of baby boomers don't want to give up that power. I'm not saying all. I Like I said, my mother is a baby boomer um, and, and other people that I know. And Every baby boomer, mostly I've been in touch with, have been very nice and great to me. 
But I've heard situations and I've seen situations not having to do with me directly where I'm just like, why? why? So, you know, definitely don't want to ever, I'm not coming down on a baby boomers. It's just like that equality gap, that, that measure is like you have more education. Somehow you guys are getting paid more. And there's the question. Why is that? Well, it's funny because you would think that the baby boomers hold the money and the power. So they're the ones who has to give the money and the power based on education and maybe the education is seen as a threat of like, we're gonna give up our power and money. Possibly, just the theory, just the thought.